What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to season 16, episode 17, with the season that's never going to end. Hi, Aid. How are you? I'm all right. How are you, Tane? Oh, my God. After that battering by this episode, Jesus. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> The funny part is, we don't know how many episodes are left. (laughs) You guys, this is why we don't know. We have, for the past few seasons, there have been 19 episodes. Then the last two episodes are reunions to bring us a total of 21 episodes. Then they did that press release to People Magazine before this season where they threw out all kinds of numbers. So we just don't know. They're going (laughs) to do an after special that I think will be three episodes. Is that included with the 23 number they gave us? Or is it not? We don't know. Yeah. I checked for next week because at the end of after party, Keisha says next week's after party is an hour. Right. So I went to check. I'm like, is is the episode, is it affected? But it seems like it's regular. So I, I, yeah, we don't know. We're in the dark here and we don't know what's going on and how many episodes. I know the article said 23, but a lot of the stuff in the article was wrong too. So I don't know. <laughs> That's the other thing. That's the other reason why we don't know. Whew. But we, we, we stick it out. But before then, um, can you update the people and what we have going on? So over on Patreon, this week we did a surprise, and it was a surprise to everybody, including us, <laughs> Ultimate Girls Trip episode. It was really fun because we... We have been watching Ultimate Girls Trip and we have thoughts. So you can find that on our Patreon. Like I said last week at the $5 level. Um, we st- Love is Blind. We covered that. So if you're still catching up, if you're starting on the train of Love is Blind, we did cover that on our Patreon. So feel free to go over there and listen to our two episodes that we have about season four of Love is Blind. We also have season three. Did we cover season two? Yeah, because that has the terrible people. Shake and Dipti and Ayana. So, yeah. They're still talking. Speaking of, Ayana um, revealed today, finally, that Jared cheated on her. Is that I don't know if you heard news? about that. 
No, but she's never actually confirmed it. Like, okay. you can't actually say for sure. Like, we all kind of suspected. Because also, they had issues with compatibility. But she said they were wildly incompatible. But she announced that she found out because the lady came to her as a woman. For those who don't know, that's when another woman comes to you saying they're trying to be honest. And she sent pictures, and there were pictures of her in their apartment. <sighs> and she found out while she was sitting between his legs while he was taking out her braids. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this season. <laughs> I sympathize with her. Like, that's a truly a terrible thing to have happen. But that's my issue with this love is blind people is like they're constantly mining for social media success. Yep. So I'm like, why did you choose this time to tell us this? You could have told us that a year ago. I'm not going to get into what happened, but Kelly from love is blind DM me this week. And I'm just, <laughs> this love is blind people just go away. <laughs> like I also saw Dipti because now Instagram wants to feed me all the information. And Dipti says, shake said, I'll stay, I'll get married to her. If you let me stay in this penthouse for, for two years. We don't care. Well, we're talking about it, so maybe, but. I always said that season two was the the thirstiest group, Mm -hmm. and they have done nothing to prove me wrong since their show aired. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, season three is running for the money now. Um, Sorry, back to what we have on Patreon. (laughs) As per usual, on Monday, we will have our after party recap up on Patreon. All right, Tane. Since we've covered what's going on with the Love is Blind people, what's going on with the Married at First Sight people? All right. I have to start with the biggest breaking news. We have another divorce in the Mavs family. And this time, it's Jamie and Beth from Charlotte's season. I have deep sadness about this. (laughs) I feel nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I feel nothing. I'll tell you why I feel nothing. Because... I'm trying to be sensitive here. When does a big show of affection on social media, I am instantly suspicious. Fair enough. We see Ashley and Anthony. When we ranked our favorite couples, they were on my list. I always say they're boring, but there's not a big show. They just are. When we see um, Greg and Deanna, they just are. Like, Vincent and Brianna, they just are. But when there's a lot of whatever, my antennas are like, eh, what's going on? But either way, it is sad. I mean, a divorce, I'm sure, is not easy. And it's it just everything about it was just very interesting. I just happened to be, I think I was on Instagram at the right time. I was mining for Maps News. And he was on there just saying, like, yes, we've separated. And I'm like, oh. And then he didn't ask me anything <laughs> immediately. <laughs> And I'm like, aren't you grieving or something? And there was a bunch of good questions. He kept saying the questions were so good. So he'll be like, I'm done. But he'll be like, these questions are so good. And then he kept answering. So a few of the highlights was that he said that she left first. Um, He doesn't want to say anything bad about her. And she's been gone for four weeks now. And since she's not coming back, like he just feels like she's not trying. And this seems to be the end. Um, someone asked if he felt that they needed to create an image of happiness because if you are familiar with their account, he used to cook for her every night. He used to put dinner for her and she was like, this is all I need, date night with the hubster and all that stuff. And he said, yeah, he felt pressure to create <laughs> an image. I appreciate, the honesty. I appreciate yeah. the honesty. And 
I don't know if you recall when I used to describe him as he seems like a man that's resigned. Someone asked if he gave up himself for the relationship. And he's like, yeah, kind of. Like, it just kind of like, eh. You know, what makes her happy? And he just kind of like lost himself. Like, he's not blaming her or anything. He wanted her to be happy. Um, but that was it. So, I mean, there was a lot of questions on there. He didn't tell her that he was, because someone asked, does she know she's going to be mad at you? For announcing it. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> so he did say also, which was very weird to me, that moving to Denver put a strain on their relationship. Like the weather being so bad and being indoors for like five months was a strain. And I'm like, mm, that's a symptom, not a, not the reason. <laughs> like five months with your hubby in a, in the winter. Okay. You should be past that. But yeah. So good luck to them. Uh, I hope they both find happiness. Beth has not said anything and she's been offline. It, it's, this is why I am sad. <sighs> At the end of the day, we watch these people on our TVs meet each other. I mean, Beth and Jamie, their first one, like at the altar, they were very happy with each other. Mm-hmm. They got a little crazy during the season, but I've always been like, if you can tell your husband that he's bad at sex on national TV, and you guys can still make it. Everybody has hope. And that is not true anymore. <laughs> he did say that they didn't know how to fight. Really? Like the fighting just got, <laughs> I mean, we saw. The fighting just escalated and escalated. And he has to work on his temper. And he's working on himself. And he's not perfect. It really just sounded like it was a point of no return. So, I don't know. Speaking of separating there's no official word guys they did not say anything this is just my personal opinion i i'm getting trouble in paradise vibes with shawnice and jeff d again again unofficial just me going on nothing but feelings i haven't seen them post anything together i mean i'm not saying they have and she's just been moving like she's free i mean we'll find out houston no, that's just one. It's just you can travel when you are, but it's just vibes. I have no, I I have no basis. Okay, <laughs> it's just vibes. But I'm just usually she posts like the family things or we did this or that. I have not seen anything, so that's just me. Hopefully, I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. My friend who does not watch the show and just listens to our show is like the way you guys talk about them. I can't even believe they're still together. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not just her. It's not just her. <laughs> Um, I don't know how I missed this. Actually, I do know because I always skip her stuff. But Danielle from Dallas is pregnant with her third child. I did see that. I was, when you have a boy and a girl and you have a third, I must say, I'm always like, you just wanted a third child. Not, I want a boy. Not, I want a girl. You just wanted a third. I think it's real cute. Mm, sometimes they're accidents. Not, not, not accident in that way, but like, like, you know, things happen. Yes. And all that, that stuff. It so, could be that too. It could be that too. Yeah. So I missed the origin and all that. She was, um, actually, how, how did I see it? She was selling a vibrator and getting a lot of bad comments. Like, don't sell yourself to the devil. This is not you. What lengths will you go to just to sell stuff that this is not your brand? And then someone was like, oh, I thought this was a gender reveal because it was a pink vibrator. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went back to look and she's like, oh, look at my dress. And she has a bump, like a visible bump. And I'm like, oh, she's pregnant. Well, congratulations to her. 
the other part about her being pregnant is that her last two pregnancies were incredibly dangerous for her. The second uh, one? I, yeah, remember? She has help syndrome. I know, but I I thought it was less in the second one. I didn't recall for the second one. My bad. I didn't recall. Apparently, the second one had complications, too. I don't know if it was the same as the help syndrome, but uh, yeah. that A lot of the comments were very, uh, wow, she decided, this was on Reddit, uh, she decided to have a third with all of those, like, her pregnancies have been pretty dangerous. But that's her choice. That's why well, I was In leaning- America, actually, it's not her choice, but sure. <sighs> That's why I was leaning towards maybe it was an oopsie because I know even Bobby didn't want her to have the second one. He was like, I can't go through what we went through um, the first time. So I hope she has a healthy and safe pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, Lindsay did ask me anything and someone asked her what her drink of choice was. And she was like, good question. But I stopped drinking. She stopped drinking last October. She says when she drank, she got a headache. She didn't feel well. She got migraines. So she just stopped. And she was an asshole. Let's not forget that part, Lindsay. <laughs> so she stopped and good for her. She left from Chicago, did like a little quick reel and was like, I said I'd never post a boyfriend until it was serious. I'll never post a boyfriend until it was serious. And then she goes, this is Kurt, pants to the camera and she shows us a ring. She's engaged. I'm so happy for Sheila. <laughs> Why are you so happy? You are really happy. I'm so because it's honestly very unexpected. She's definitely been she's a person who never posts a significant other. Been following her for years. Um, so I'm very happy for her. Good for her. I thought you were actually gonna say she got a dog or something. (laughs) (laughs) That would not be newsworthy. (laughs) I guess there's something in the water because Stasha is selling her dress. She saw what other people got for their dresses and was like. (laughs) in this economy let me go get mine (laughs) i haven't talked about jamie in a while but jamie and doug were on their way to church and they stopped because a man needed help with their tires and jamie filmed the entire thing and put it on instagram for us to see and hopes that this is a blessing since they miss church and hope this counts as that make of that what you will moving on um rachel from houston was in atlanta and she met up with clara Virginia, and the cutest part, Brianna and the baby. I thought that was cute. That was cute. Did they go to a baseball game? Yes. Yeah, because Rachel likes the baseball. Yes, her goal is to go to as many stadiums to watch a game. Because she, when she flew to Baltimore, she flew solo. She just wanted to come and see a game. I think that's so cool. I like when people have, like, interests that they're passionate about. It's pretty cool. Um, Ashley didn't ask me anything and they asked if she still hangs out, if she hangs, not still, if she hangs out with her castmates and she goes, no, <laughs> but it's Wait, not actually unexpected. from Chicago. Yes. But it's not unexpected. They did not hang out with each other. That was the last season where everything was separated. They met each other at the reunion. So why would they hang out? <laughs> uh, well, it's not a bond like these people now where they hang yeah. out all, all the time. You meet at the reunion. How long is that? And then that's it. But then again, there are people in different seasons who bond. But I will say the newer seasons are thirstier. But like I said, Ashley and Anthony are just living their lives. Whatever comes with it, comes with it. With their cute little babies. Because, I mean, I have a question. Like, I always question this with reality stars. They go on a show and they instantly become best friends with those people. I get it. It's a unique experience. But I ask all the time, where are their friends before this? Because they only hang out 
with the people who they did the show with. And I'm talking about not just maths, every other show. And I think someone just explained to me, like, it's all optics. Like, you know, they're trying to get deals. So when you're together, people are more inclined to watch the stories to see who are really friends and all that. And I'm like, this sounds complicated. But That was me. That was the person. Oh, okay. <laughs> we discussed this on this very podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> So um, finally, Lindy is still on this Love is Blind kick. If you've been following Love is Blind, all previous cast members are just speaking out and Nick has formed a union so that they help conditions for future reality show people. <laughs> and, <laughs> this is the funniest thing I ever heard. Please continue. Oh, okay. <laughs> These people lost their minds. I don't know. They're pretty serious about it. But Lindy is just commenting on all of it and then danielle also had like a video about it and everyone is like if you question this why did you go on the show and she's like which danielle had a comment about it um no danielle from love is blind okay his ex-wife yes was saying that i think that's what they all did because um chris who is the one whoever messaged me did a video explaining her part of it and then she did a video and Lindy was like, thanks for speaking out about it. That is nice for the truth to come out. And I'm like, what was your experience on maps? And someone responded to her and was like, by this comment, it looks like, I, because everyone was like, shoot, I'm not going to watch Love is Blind anymore. And then when she commented, someone was like, with this comment, it's looking like I shouldn't watch maps either. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. But I will say, um, when Kelly messaged, she was trying to explain all her stuff about how she just wants the truth that the story was different. So I just said my truth in the most respectful way. Like it's been a while you're speaking up now and it's just completely, um, we don't understand, you know, where that's coming from. Like we are not even in reality shows, but we know that they're exploitive and that's what they want. They're going to chase the story first before that and all that. And she's like, you're completely right, but that's not what I'm saying. I loved every minute of my experience. There was so problem. what is the girl? But anyway. I think the problem, because look, she posted a story that's supposed to explain her grievance. I watched it a couple times because it sounded like she was saying the producers lied to her, but they didn't. And the funny thing about her and Kenny is like, everybody said, looks like they made a deal before they even got to the wedding to not get married. Nothing in her story refuted that theory. So what does she mean put the truth out there? It's so confusing. She said they told her story wrong. And she just wanted to say her side and say it correctly. And okay. I, whatever. Anyways, so that's it for all. <laughs> that's it for all the people. I feel a little bad for them that they want to tell their story and none of us care. I mean, people care. A whole bunch of people who I think are lying are like, they're never watching Love is Blind again. So we'll find out next season. The FOMO alone will get them back on Love is Blind. Yeah. I don't know why you even make that promise, but okay. All right. So um, we're going to go to commercial and we'll be back to talk about episode 17. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. 
Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in AltaCall on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's AltaCall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocall MAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash MAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you could eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. And we're back. All right, Aid. How were we feeling about this episode? It feels silly to be like, yeah, this is our podcast about a show. And I cannot, I'm not entertained by the show very much anymore. It's I mean, boring. It is. I don't, I, they already cut it down to 45 minutes. Why not just cut an it down? An hour and a half. They've cut it down. Oh, sorry. They've cut, They've it, cut down. it down 30 minutes to an hour and a half. An hour and a half. Why not just cut down the number of episodes? Because it was just a lot of mindless talking. A lot of stuff that we've heard before. If you ask one more time, what do you need from me before decision day? Like, there's only so many ways you can put words. And it's not fair to us. And if you want to keep it, I don't know. But I'm curious. A lot of people we're seeing online are like, I'm done with the season. This is so boring. But I'm curious about the ratings. Do you know what the ratings are like currently? The ratings aren't that hugely different from every season except for the Chris and Page season. (laughs) Um, um which was an anomaly, uh, right? Which was an anomaly. Um there they managed to hit a million uh one of the earlier episodes this season and they kind of hover between 700 and 800. 
it's difficult to assess ratings if you're not an expert because you have to look at like TV ratings across the board, the 18 to 49 share female, because that's the most important demographic. And it just, by raw numbers though, they're not doing any worse or any better than last season. And everybody will come back for decision day. (laughs) That's just how the show works. Yeah, it is. And to give context, let's just go by the overall ratings, not even any demo or anything. When A uh, first told me the ratings previously, I almost didn't believe it because I'm like, in today's TV, to give context, one of the highest rated shows on Bravo right now is Vanderpump Rules due to like all the scandals. And that's pulling like a one point something mil. And that's because of the scandal. So for maths on Little Old Lifetime to be pulling like 700,000, that's that's fantastic. Like all the other shows, like Candy Show, whatever, that's not a good example, but it's pulling like 300 and something thousand. Just giving context on some certain shows. So it's doing pretty good. It is. And at the end of the day, Married at First Sight is consistently Lifetime's number one show. Yeah. So, and their number two show is um, After Party. And their number four show is like Couples Couch. <laughs> so of their top five shows, four of them, oh, and the number five show is Married at First Sight UK. So of the top five shows on Lifetime, four of them are Married at First Sight properties. Well, the question is, they don't have any other shows. What other <laughs> shows are on Lifetime? Everything else is a movie. <laughs> Movies... I mean, I guess that I guess that would be the case, but yeah. So I don't see the point is I don't see Lifetime ever really letting go of this. It's your number one show. Okay, but you got to freshen up because you're gonna wake up one day and just have a dip and a slash because everyone's gonna get frustrated. So get it together. We want to keep talking about it. All right, let's get into the episode. So we start the episode with a reminder that it's seven days until decision day, and I was like, where has the time gone? <laughs> We get a selfie video of Eris. He's in the house by himself. He had to go to this work meeting and he talks about how it feels so different being home without Jasmine and Duchess the dog there. And he's looking forward to getting back to Jasmine. At that point, I was like, last week we had a discussion where I was like, no, Eris doesn't come back. And this point I was like, when he says going back, I think he's probably going back. (laughs) Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Jasmine is doing her selfie video saying that she's ready for him to come back. Um, but he's got to work though, but she's just going to try to enjoy this day without him, which it really sucks to be like the seventh wheel on the eight wheel bus. But what you going to do? <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> it's a couple's trip and half your couple is missing. Um, <laughs> so it's Clinton and Gina. He is hungover. She has some aspirin for him. She talks about how he drank a huge bottle of champagne by himself, but that she's going to get him electrolytes and hydration to bring him back to life. I mean, at this point, we didn't know, but then it looks like they showed us not in order because then we saw the bottle of champagne way after. Oh. When they were in the hot tub, because that was the night of the party. Which they told us an after party. And Eris was not in the hot tub because he was gone that night. But here's my confusion. Kirsten and Shaq were not in there? What? So I'm so confused. Unless he drank two bottles consecutively. 
<laughs> Two nights in a row. It was his birthday weekend. It yeah. was his birthday weekend. That was Anything the mental. <laughs> that was the mental gymnastics I was doing to entertain myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Nicole, Shaq, Kirsten, and Chris go and do these old timey photos. So the girls are looking at costumes. The guys are looking at costumes. Shaq asks Chris how things are going. And he makes sure to say that things look can look good on the outside, but you never know what's going on behind closed doors. Mm. Tane, you, we didn't quite mention this in the main episode last week, but we talked yeah. about the after party. Yeah, we did. I forgot to mention last week, but last week when they were in the kitchen and he was venting about, we could never figure out what it was he was venting about. But he made a comment like, you know, if we could figure this out, we could be further than you and Nicole. And I'm like, that's a very odd statement. How do you measure your progress in your relationship with somebody else when you don't even know? So to make this comment again, that was very side IE and I don't like it. Separate the couples. Separate the couples. <laughs> Bring them together for drama. Bring them together for drama. <laughs> the question... Maybe it's because I had what happened last week in my head, but I just thought that he was looking for trouble. And I'm like, but why? Why would you want there to be problems for Chris and Nicole? Unless, of course, you're like, well, if things aren't as good as they look with them, then maybe me and Kirsten are in a better place than I think. It's just not an appropriate thing to say to a friend. I can't even imagine going to a friend and saying, how are things going? Because, you know, you look good, but you never know what's going on behind closed doors. Like... Let them have the opportunity to tell you if they want to share. Just be like, hey, is everything good? Are you having a good time? Oh, that's good to hear. And keep it moving. That's just a, uh, yeah, didn't like that. So then we flip to Nicole and Kirsten, and they're talking about the living situation. Nicole explains that they haven't found anything they would like that would take three dogs. Kirsten says they can wait. Nicole is like, yeah, that's what Chris is saying. I'm not on that page. I want to get on the same page about us finding a place to live before decision day. We flash to Chris telling Shaq that Nicole is not wanting to live apart, but he thinks that she's overthinking it and getting rash about it. I was like, do you mean to say that you think that living together and figuring out before decision day is being rash? (laughs) I have three questions. One, who's watching Chris's dogs right now? Because that was a problem during the honeymoon. So now there's three. Did her dad come back? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Two, why can't we ask Chris, uh, sorry, why can't we ask Jasmine who's going to house them? Doesn't she have like 14? Thir- 13. 13? <laughs> 13 dogs. She seems like she'll be the expert who would know like what places could house like how many dogs. And then my last thing is just like, I just love that. Uh, Kirsten and Nicole have a genuine friendship. It's nice to see. It is nice to see. Um, I have no answers to any of your questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nicole asked Kirsten, well, are you and Shaq making plans for where you're going to live after decision day? And Kirsten is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to buy me a house. <laughs> My favorite part is where um, Nicole is like, are you talking about the future or are you stalling? And then she looks at Kirsten's face and says, your face is making me very nervous. (laughs) (laughs) So Chris asks Shaq if they're on a good path and Shaq says that they're on a good path, but they're not on the same page. There's a lot of talk about pages. Um, uh, Sometimes, so they need to get on the same page. Kirsten says, 
that she's not sure if they're going to stay married. Nicole is so disappointed by this um, that, you know, they might need more time. That the expectations and connection are not where they need to be right now. We go back to Shaq, who is telling Chris that Kirsten wants to stay up and talk. And they will stay up and talk till 3 in the morning. But he's got to go to work at 6.30. So he's, sometimes he's just like, I'm not talking. We need to go to sleep. He thinks there needs to be compromise. I, yeah. I am of the opinion that you guys, I understand sleep. I believe in sleep. I get mad when people mess with my sleep. But you are in like an eight-week experiment where you need to figure out if you're going to be married to this person. Your cameras are on you all day. So your opportunities are few and far between to talk with no cameras around and no production and no filming. I think you need to be taking advantage of those opportunities. I just realized what Kirsten is really saying by what you just said. Because I was just like, because I think where I thought they were missing the boat is he thinks they communicate enough and she doesn't think they communicate enough. And you just saying like the cameras are off. That's what it is. Quality time and actual conversations when the camera is not on is few and far between. So I guess I take back a lot of what I thought because that makes (laughs) sense. (laughs) We go back to Nicole and Kirsten and they're talking about talking some more. (laughs) Um, They put on their outfits. Shaq jokes about how their outfits are outshining Clint's outfit from the pageant, which is true. (laughs) The girls come out. Kirsten says she loves Shaq's leather coat. They talk about being troublemakers. They have a little back and forth as if they're prostitutes who walked into the OK Corral or whatever. And and then they take pictures. My favorite part is when Shaq says, I love the color red on her. And then they show us Sapia colored pictures. So I was like, okay, what was the point of that? (laughs) <laughs> my favorite part was when they were flirting and he was like what are you looking for and she's like I'm coming for you and I was like okay shocking Kirsten, uh, Kirsten. <laughs> and the pictures were cute yeah they were Um, Chris is talking about Shaq and Kirsten and he in an interview and he says he hopes that they figure it out they're right there they're so close they just need to be on the same page and there is more than enough reason to try do you notice that only Kirsten and Nicole have one-on-one dates with each other? It's so weird. I'm like, Gina and Jasmine can't make something happen? <laughs> well, Jasmine did say in that one after party that she doesn't get to hang out with people as much. I mean, they're all at the retreat together. That's you true. That's a go, so, you know. I'm actually of the opinion that they probably did shoot more one-on-ones. But the only ones of substance tend to be Kirsten and uh, Nicole. So those are the only ones we get to see. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So everybody's driving. Uh, Clint and Gina and Shaq and Kirsten are in one car. Nicole, Chris, and Jasmine are in another car. And we realize they are going to a place called the Lumberjack Feud Show. Mm. Did you see who owns it? I sure did. Mm. Shaq says he doesn't know what lumberjacking is, but he and Kirsten saw it and they thought they'd invite everybody. I was like, am I supposed to believe this story? I was like, sure, Shaq. (laughs) Wink, wink. (laughs) Then they go inside and that's when we find out that it's Paula Deen's lumberjack feud. Mm. I I, I mean, so Gatlinburg is the home of Dolly Parton. 
And she used to have this themed restaurant that was basically a recreation of the Confederate War. I guess you watched it while you ate dinner. Why someone would consider that entertainment, I don't know. So when I was like Lumberjack Feud, I'm like, is this supposed to be the North and the South? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is Paula Dean. <laughs> I'm just saying. I have no comments, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so there's a man named Uncle Bud. He is our host for this uh excursion he talks to them about timber sports chris says that he has seen timber sports on the sports channel and i was like i've seen them too why have i seen timber sports Hmm. um (laughs) we got axe throwing we've got speed climbing a tree trunk we've got log rolling racing um and so they participate in all of these activities nicole looks amazing doing this log climbing thing she ends up beating Chris to the top. I was quite amazed. Her body is strong. Like, you can tell, like, she works out. And she looked great. I was like, love that for you. It was, I was like, see? You can call her strong. It's on the list of approved words. No, no, no. <laughs> well, that is only what I can use to describe it. Like, she, her, her, she's toned. Yes. Like, and I'm saying all this in a good way. Like, she's toned her legs. I wanted to say it the other week because, um... She walked out when he did the quote unquote scavenger hunt and she walked out and I was like, man, perspective is such a thing because she's hardened herself and her body. But when I look at her body, I'm like, she has a great body. Like it just looks strong. And she like, and I, and I know like knowing Nicole, she gets into her head and she might think that's a bad thing. But for me, that's a huge compliment. I think Nicole has a banging body. Um, so she, she looks great doing the law climbing. I said, no, that's not, is that log climbing? (laughs) That's what I called it. Um, It sounds appropriate. (laughs) Chris says that he's gracious in defeat because Nicole beats him. Yeah. Clint is down there at the bottom saying, there's no way I'm doing this. (laughs) 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 And just looking up is making him nauseous, which actually works out for the best because Jasmine gets to go up with Gina. Yay, Gina's the athletic one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I will also say Jasmine was the best at the log climbing and I was not surprised. Jasmine is a cheerleader, which is basically a gymnast. Gymnasts are really great athletes, especially yeah. at this type of stuff. Yeah, I really wish she made it to the white, but she's, you know, she's nice. like, I made it to the blue and I'm good. <laughs> yeah, she slipped, but it would have been nice. Um, so everybody gets to sit down and talk. They separate the couples. So we've got, I couldn't keep it straight. It was Clint, Nicole, Shaq and Jasmine in one group, and then Chris, Gina, and Kirsten in the other group. So Jasmine in her group talks about how she wishes Eris could have seen her that day. Her booty was looking good in that harness. After we said last night, he would have been more attracted to her. I was like, I don't that. First off, Jasmine, you were beautiful from the first day that you met Eris. <laughs> No amount of log climbing, whatever, is going to make you, I think, more attractive to him. You never know. You never know. Okay. She talks about wishing he was here. They talk more about dinner. Um, Shaq talks about how great it was that Eris said nice things publicly. If you say publicly, you must really mean it. Um, Jasmine says they have a long way to go, but um, she was very happy about last night. 
because we will never stop hearing about this, now Shaq has to talk about the Memphis thing again and how Kirsten said that she would put the stuff in the calendar, but he wants her to want to be there, not to just be forced to be there because she looks bad in front of others. I'm very tired of this man. <laughs> like I said, I'm very tired. There's a lot of mindless talking. Like it's the same complaints <laughs> over and over again. Like almost by next week, we'll be saying it word for word with them. I, I mean, so there's more from Jasmine about decision day and that she says if you think there's a possibility you should keep on pushing Shaq says they want to do, be happy and every day they have to do what is right to become each other's best friends and supporters and that's what they're working towards Nicole says a lot more beyond decision day and that she and Chris are in a bubble it's a nice bubble but he's very chill and she's not very chill and she's like what is it going to look like when it's just us like, what is the day after decision day like? And I think that's what they're working towards. Mm-hmm. So Chris, to transition it, Chris also is telling Gina, hey, I'm like laid back too. Um, <laughs> but he also says something about commuting so they can talk thoroughly through things so they're not talking about the same thing day after day. Chris is tired of talking about finding a place to live. <laughs> I don't have any sympathy. You know how you can stop talking about finding a place to live? By finding a place to live. Facts. Um, Gina says that she's easygoing and go with the flow and doesn't like to point out small things. I I said, in my mind, I was like, Gina, you're not easygoing because you're easygoing. It's because you do not care. You're not pointing out things about Clint because you don't see a future. You're not invested in this relationship. And now you're trying to turn it into a positive trait about yourself. That's le- And her point was, well, she was, she was surprised he found the bed last night. He was drunk. He couldn't find his pajamas and she had to find it for them. And Christian compliments her and says she takes good care of him. And she cares about Clint, but she wouldn't want that in a marriage. She wouldn't want to be with that guy. I believe Thought she said thing. no. she said no one would want that in a marriage. She didn't speak for herself. Listen, I you guys know I'm not a fan of Gina, but my problem with Gina is I don't like the way she talks about him when he's not there. Not a fan of that. On a daily level, like on a, on a basic level, when you're with your spouse, yes, I know it's not a real marriage or whatever. You can save it for the whatever, but you don't join in, in dogging your partner. And the one thing Clint does not do, no matter how much shit she gives him, he does not talk bad about her. Correct me if I'm wrong. He really doesn't. I doesn't. Never heard it. He always talks respectfully about her. But when they're together, she's like, oh, you're this, you're patient, you're whatever. But the minute they're not, like on after party or something, she's saying something negative about him. And I don't appreciate that. It was his birthday. He drank a lot. Okay. I get it. If it's on a consistent basis, like if you said in the last seven weeks, I've seen Clint drink like... 10 times and it's not fun putting him to bed or whatever. Okay. Maybe you have a point, but it was his birthday. He had a good time. You're in the stressful environment. He's with people. I guess he feels safe with. Why are you going to judge him about that? He doesn't judge you. All you talk about is work. Uh, Anyways, I'll be quiet now. I also think the complaining about the drunkenness talks about the level of investment that she has in their relationship. In the sense that I just feel like, She's right. No one really wants to take care of a drunk person. But I feel like even if that's your friend, like occasionally you got to do it. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it was multiple occasions, 
I think she would have a point. But if this is the first time in seven weeks, I don't know, on his birthday after a party, I mean, granted, you shouldn't get drunk as an, I don't think like after, you know, you get older, but I think they're in a different circumstance. This situation is stressful. (laughs) So we go back to Clint and he says that there's a world where they would continue, not this world, some other world. He (laughs) says something could change. All of a sudden now I'm attracted. Um, Gina says she doesn't want him to be different for her. And she says that she doesn't, he doesn't see her as something that he needs to work for. And he's never gone out of his way to build a marriage. Have you? She said he doesn't make her feel like a wife, right? Yes. And I'm like, but you don't want to share a bed. You didn't want to move in. You don't want to talk about sex. You don't want to be vulnerable. Like, what is it? Have you, like you said, have you made him feel like a husband? Have you inspired him to do anything? He has been very respectful, very patient with you. So what are you complaining about, Gina? Like, just give him nice things until one more week and you divorce. Ugh, it's I... really strange. I mean, I wonder if she got into a panic and realized that she's saying no next week. And she can't think of a good reason why. <laughs> but she doesn't have to think of a good reason why. I-, I feel like she could have just gone into next week and said no. But now she feels like she has to start laying the groundwork for her decision. And yeah. she didn't need to do that. We can all see. It's not going the way a marriage should. Just leave it be and go say no. I still think she cares about what she looks like. But you can only control who you are for so long. But I've always wondered why there was a disconnect between when they're together, she's very complimentary of him. But then once the experts come, she starts saying all these things. And it's like, who is this? But I think Clint shed more light on this on After Party. So next up is Shaq and Kirsten having a one-on-one conversation about the conversations they just had. Oh, God. It seemed a little bit like an interrogation from Kirsten. Like, what'd they say? What'd you say about me? And he said... (laughs) And he said, and this is after he said people spoke positively. She was still like, well, what'd you say about me? He said, we're we're working to get on the same page. And she talks about how D-Day is coming and they need to have deeper conversation on where the marriage is going. Shaq is like a little bit defensive. He's like, but we do talk and we do have conversation. She's like, I want to have more conversation. He says, I don't really need the conversations. She's like, I need the conversations. (laughs) he says he's learning by observing which is true i get what he's saying like i do but she says that it's a need for her i think shaq is delusional if if your wife says we need to talk so i can know you so we can say married and your response is well we talk enough clearly you don't because she said you don't that makes sense by all accounts but my first thought was like, I don't know if Kirsten's ever going to be satisfied. <laughs> like, I feel like even if you talk some more, she'll be like, the quality of the conversation is not enough. <laughs> it's not good enough. <laughs> so maybe Shaq is just like, you're not going to be happy anyways. I should just get my sleep anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just go oh, to bed. Look. In an interview, Kirsten says, I am concerned that Shaq, Shaq can't give me the entertainment. Oh. I am concerned that Shaq can't give me the attention that I need. If she, 
She says, if she were to say no on decision day, it would be because Shaq couldn't meet expectations about finding the balance in marriage where both of us are not feeling secure and heard and like we want to be there with each other. I was like, that expectations word. Is this a job or is this marriage? Um, (laughs) So we go back to them talking about getting on the same page. Shaq says he feels like it's possible. Kirsten says she doesn't want their marriage to feel like a struggle, which I think is legitimate concern. Yes. I think it is. I mean, I, and I, I, I do want to say, I'm saying all this, but way towards the end of the episode, I kind of see Kirsten's point. But go ahead. <laughs> so our next one-on-one is Clint is with Gina. Mm-hmm. Clint, while Clint is outside, Gina joins him. Gina says today was rough. Rough. Her employee, Julia, quit. She says something about the younger girls. It's hard for them because they make emotional decisions. It stems back to like when she had to be stern with her. And now this girl thinks she wants to be her own boss. And Clint is very sympathetic. Clearly he knows who Julia is. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he talks to her about how she put so much time training her. And he knows she's frustrated. Then Gina says her stylists start to feel like family and that there's the frustration of pouring yourself into someone and Clint is like the gear that you spent. Da, 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 da. Looky here, people. <laughs> if you walk into a workplace and they say we're like family here, run. <laughs> Go find another job. You do not want your workplace to be like a family. It's a business relationship. And the the business relationship has been skewed because Gina now has a personal investment in somebody. You need to run your business like, hey, I'm going to treat you like a human being. I like you. Um, I hope you stay. But anybody who works for you can walk out the door at any time. And you need to operate your business just like that. So then there's no resentment when they leave because you've already prepared for it. Your business isn't going to fall apart. You're not going to be sad. Yeah, but work is all Gina knows. Friends, family, it's all rolled into one. I just couldn't believe we had a whole segment about Gina talking about work. I I was like, this may be the point where I was like, we really don't have any content for this episode. Yeah. Or it's been, a, what, a week since we had a conversation about work with Gina? Um, so Gina starts crying as she's talking about this and she talks, tells Clint, this is the first time you see me cry. Right. And she's like, see, I'm human. I'm like, this is, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I'll say it. She, it just just felt like she was like, see, I'm trying. I'm crying. I'm vulnerable about work. That's about the only thing we know about you. It's true. Uh, we are, with Gina, we get to talk a lot about work to the point where the fr- and I'm like, well, what was I supposed to see her crying about that I'm like, why am I seeing you cry about this and nothing else? But uh, it is strange. It's really strange. Do um, we, sorry, do we remember who walked Gina down the aisle? Um, no, we do not. Okay. I think she walked herself down the aisle because she talked about how her dad wasn't involved. I remember her stepdad got... Well, maybe this ties into the Clint thing. Her stepdad got really drunk the night before the wedding and therefore couldn't make it. Mm. Okay. Okay, see, this is why you should give people grace. I'm just trying to recall because I'm just like, I don't recall. At the very 
bare minimum, I'm thinking we should know a little bit about her family, but I think she's not comfortable talking about that. But maybe she did in the beginning and we just don't remember. But I was just thinking about that. Clint gives her some good advice that she needs to have. You can have that friendship, but be business first oriented. And Gina admits that it's something that she's learning. And I'll give her credit because she is a new business owner and she is learning. And this is a good lesson for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and Clint says that he's sorry. Um, she Well, Gina says she appreciates his encouragement. And Clint says he's sorry about the situation, but it's the best thing for both of them. And then Gina apologizes for bringing her trouble to the couple's retreat and then tells him it's part of being married to a business owner. Um, in the interview, Gina says that she's going to appreciate this about him, that he's able to give sound advice and they still have time before decision day. And there's a chance that this marriage could build into something. Liar, <laughs> both of them. Ha ha, hardy ha. Nicole and Chris go putt-putting. And there's not much to say here except for Nicole is a person who is about to lose their shit but knows that they can't and so is trying to hold it in. And the rest of us watching, Chris included, are like, it's putt-putt chill. Honestly, I just went mini-golfing last weekend. And it was just the most fun thing, just being like a child, being bad at it. And just, so I really could not believe her emotions or her reaction to this. I'm like, there's no medal. There's no price. There's no skill. It's just putting the ball in the hole and just having fun. How do you get mad at that? Uh, That's good. Uh, And then she, she mentions to us that she's flipped a a thing. uh, She's flipped a monopoly board. I I actually kind of understand flipping a monopoly board before freaking out about Papa, but but I would never. It's just a game. Um, I don't I don't know what the hang up there. I'm not sure if is it because you're being filmed? Is it because you're a super competitive person? I don't know, but it was very strange to watch. She said because she's super competitive. But I would give her points for recognizing she knew that this doesn't make sense, it's not rational, and I'm just gonna get my shit together. But Chris's face was like, is this real life? <laughs> And I feel like they're always trying to, which is a good thing in a way. They're always trying to placate each other. He's like, are you okay? Are you going to? She's like, yeah, I don't want to do this, but I'm just going to just give me space and just let me this. And I'm like, wow. Again, just Uh, putt-putt. Okay. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll be right back. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we are back. We come back with Eris coming back to the ranch. And you know what, guys? Hell, I missed Eris. Eris is funny. And I missed his presence with the rest of the group. So he comes back and Jasmine is in the room and they at least hug. And then he tells her that he missed her and he was shocked that he missed her. And I'm like, but did you text her? We get that answer later on. So they go outside and they're playing Connect Four and he tells her about his work, how he made a connection and he's glad it wasn't a Zoom call. She tells him about their activities and how everyone was singing his praises um, about him sharing kind words about her publicly. And she told him like she appreciated the kind words um, that he said about her last night. At first I was like, last night? Then I'm like, oh yeah, he did leave after dinner and he just came back the next day. So that tracks. Um, Do you think that Eris cares that the rest of the group was saying nice things about him? No. That man don't care about nothing. I I don't think he cares. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't get the impression that that's the kind of thing. Someone like Shaq, I think, kind of cares about what people think in a subtle way. But I don't think he cares. Um, He says that his goal is to make her cry. He quickly says he's joking, but I don't know. I don't think he is. <laughs> <laughs> then he says that he misses Duchess and they're going back and forth and Jasmine had to pull it out and that, you know, he even um, missed, there was no hair on the floor. And Jasmine is like, what do you mean no hair? He was like, you know, like your hair. And he was, she was like, you missed me? And he's like, <laughs> well, I missed Duchess, the hair, the whole package. And I'm like, oof. And I was like, Why could you just say that you missed her? Well, did he or did he miss her presence? I don't know if that's too many words, but it's just, he just, because he kept harping on, it was quiet. It was alone. So was just, did you just miss the routine that you created with her or did you miss her herself? But she says, the thing with Eris is that you never know what he's thinking. And while he was gone, he did check in on her, kept her updated on everything. But it felt good for him to say he missed her. I was like, I didn't hear him say it, but, you know, I guess. He missed her hair on the floor. Is that yeah. not the same as saying that you missed her? No, ma'am. He missed the whole package is what he said. Because she clearly said, <laughs> did you miss me? And he did not say yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Kirsten and Shaq are talking about how they enjoy their time. Um, Shaq has to go back early for work. I'm like, man, these people are bunch of hard workers this season and 
she's going back with him and Shaq is so happy that he likes that. He feels supported. And as they're packing side by side, he packs her stuff into his bag and she's like, thank you. And then she does like a song thing and she's like, he will learn. And it just feels genuine. And he's so, this thing really is important to him for her to follow him at all his work events because he had a <laughs> genuine smile and he was just happy and she seemed happy too. So it was nice. It was nice to see them without that tension that's always looming over them. So they have the final dinner for the evening. Clint is the official cook of the house. So he makes them dinner. They all look nice. Like all the ladies dressed up and the men dressed up. Except Gina. Gina wore jeans. So um, they all share some positivity. I'm not going to repeat word for word. It was the same thing. We learn, we grow, give grace. Um, (laughs) I mean, this is the thing though. If I was them... I would be going crazy having to repeat the same thing over and over and over again. Like, how is this any fun? It seems real boring. I feel like they did because Aries from nowhere was like, oh, you guys better start going. It's getting dark. (laughs) (laughs) But, But before then, I will mention what Gina's speech was about. Gina suddenly randomly as she's talking says like, oh, even with all of this, like, you know, you think about Mac and Dom, like, you know, it's probably easier to quit and harder to stick it out. And here we are still sticking it out. Did you think that was shade? I mean, was it shade? Yes, but it's true. <laughs> they qu- She quit. They're sticking it out. They deserve credit for coming to this thing and repeating the same words over and over again okay. for these cameras. That is true. I am not a fan of making your point while comparing yourself to others. It's kind of like saying, I'm so pretty, but if you look at XYZ, she's not as pretty as I am, but I did this. Like, you could make your point without bringing up Mac and Dom. That's okay. just me. I think what you're saying is comparison is a thief of joy. <laughs> well, it's not stealing her joy. She's just, I'm just, give yourself props. She's giving okay. herself props. So without bringing somebody else down. So anyways, Jasmine brings up the card games they played in the car. And I'm like, didn't Eris say these are terrible questions? <laughs> what? Why is this a good idea? And Tame, then- <laughs> at this point in the episode, when those cards came out, I said, what did I do in a past life to deserve <laughs> the punishment of watching these people play these card games that I already watched one set of them do and didn't enjoy that either? They didn't even look comfortable in this scene. I don't... Everyone just looked like, okay, I'm just here so I don't get fined. So I don't... Ex- I, yeah, yeah. So she says, um, it's just questions. You pick up a question. I don't know if they chose the questions, but Nicole's was like, what do you like least about me? And what do you like the best about me? He says what he likes least about her is how hard she is on herself. And Jasmine's like, oh, that's so sweet. Um, but I he- thought that was a great way of putting it. <laughs> yes. Because he was like, you know, it's not really fun to watch you be hard on yourself by going crazy over a putt-putt game. But he just conveniently left that part out and just framed it as you being hard on yourself. Not as, also, it's not that much fun for me. Chris speaks in hesitation. If you listen (laughs) to him, he's always very careful about what he's going to say. Again, which is advisable because they just met each other. It's just seven weeks in until they get to know each other. So good on him for phrasing it right, you know, that way. Um, He says what he likes the best about her is that she's caring and how passionate she is. 
Nicole says the thing she likes least about him is him putting everyone above him and putting himself last. And what she likes the most about him is that he makes everyone feel comfortable, which I think is the same thing, but also that she never has to doubt if he's being genuine or not. (laughs) Shaq's question is, what is your favorite imperfection about me? And she's like, you're perfect. I'm like, Kristen, Kirsten. (laughs) He would never say that in a million years. Um, she says, um, you're listening so far, but you're doing your best to make sure that I'm happy and you're doing better at listening to me. He says when they first started that their conversations, like during tough conversations, she would say too much pressure. I can't think right now, but now she takes the time. She thinks she processes and she answers and aid. I don't think they answer the questions correctly. No, because their relationship is too fragile for that. I don't even think they understood the question. If someone says, what is your favorite imperfection about me? I think that is something I recognize that could be an acquired taste for someone else, but I like it. I'll use myself as an example. I'm not a, like, if I ask a question or something, it's never like, I am i don't like surface answers. So it's never like, oh, that's it. I'll be like, why do you feel that way? What do you think? And everyone is not always in the mood for that. They just want to keep it light, keep it moving. And I understand, like, that could be seen as an imperfection. But somebody else will be like, yeah, but it's not that bad. I like it. But these people are talking about things in relation to them and all that. And I'm like, eh, they answered the same way. So I guess it's fine. Um, Eris said, Eris's question was, what is the hardest thing for him right now? And Jasmine says that he looks for what's wrong and gets in his own way. He agrees. And for Jasmine, he says that she needs to speak up more, that she holds it in a lot. I thought she was doing better at that. I think he mentioned that part too. See, there was a big theme of this thing of people saying, well, here's something you do that I don't like, but you're working on it and I'm so appreciative. (laughs) Because they're tired of saying it a hundred times. I can't think of any other answer. This is what I started with. This is what I'm ending with. I'm just going to give you props about it. (laughs) Um, Gina's question or Clint's question to Gina was, when did I hurt you? I'm like, okay, they definitely chose the question. But I am grateful to all of the stars above that it was not Slendergate. So she said, I wouldn't say that you've actually hurt me, but you're a man of many words. And when you speak, it's like you want someone on your level. But what I want you to do is to speak to me for understanding and not like you're explaining things to me. And he said, I can accept that. And Ada, I was just grateful she had an answer. A well thought out answer. Not a, I don't know. That's true. But, (laughs) you know, I was, because Clint was on After Party and I was actually amazed. He uses a lot of, I don't know if, is big words kind of like a rude thing to say? You know, we have a mutual friend who does this too. (laughs) (laughs) Is that, I mean, sometimes I think that's me. Um, no. But I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. Um, <laughs> it's not that they're doing it intentionally. And I think there are levels to it. Because there are people who have said that to me. Words that I think are just general, regular words. And I think there are levels depending on who you're talking to. And I don't think Clint is doing it to be 
I don't know if she takes it as condescending. I think it's just generally how he talks. Because even when he was an after party, I, I forget the word that he used. And um, Keisha was like, what? Or something like that. So it's just who he is. Like, I don't know. Gina just is just committed to misunderstanding him, I think. <laughs> there is that. There is that. So when, I feel like when I use big words, it's because I'm looking for the perfect word. And since I know a lot of words, I'm like, oh, I can use that perfect word. And then I'm like, but that's not really a word that people use. Yeah, I can see that. No, not you, but I mean, like, in general. <laughs> like, I don't think, I, I wouldn't say to use big words. I don't know. Let me get off this roller coaster. <laughs> get off, get off. <laughs> so, um, for her, for him, he tells her that you are on your phone all the time. I need you to get off your phone. And she's like, oh, yeah, thank you. Like, I wouldn't have known if you hadn't told me. But she's, like you said, she's not invested. So she's distracting herself. By being on her phone. Oh. So, like I said, Eris is like, it's getting dark. Shaq and Kirsten, you better start heading out. We don't want you. You have to go down the mountain in the dark. And Clint is like, the bears come out at night, blah, blah, blah. So they leave. And everyone jumps into the hot tub. And all of a sudden, Clint starts spraying champagne on everybody. And clearly... He does not know that you do not do that to a black girl. Ever. 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 Jasmine is protecting her weave. She has her towel just covered all over there. And he's just lucky that he has a good natured person because you will buy me some bundles. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so Clint starts to drink and they make a point of just you know, focusing on him drinking. And I'm like, I guess that's what Gina means. And she's right. Like, it's not something that's attractive. But I also couldn't tell if this was the night of the party or if this, this was another night because it was the bottle of champagne that they spoke about. So I don't know. I don't know what is or what isn't. No, because I wasn't thinking about what you're saying, I'm like, who was in which shots? What so, do you mean? like, I can't remember who. Like, I remember Chris and Nicole were there. They were all there except Shaq and Kirsten. Okay, so that must have been the second night. But Eris wasn't there. But Eris was allegedly back. Oh, was Eris oh, there? Was I don't Eris know. There? I wasn't looking oh. for him. But that sounds about right. So did they just try to not show Shaq and Kirsten so we would think it was the second night? I don't know. Because Jasmine was on the other side. Gina was there staring. And then Chris and Nicole was who was there. So I don't know. Anyways, um, from nowhere, Clint is like, all right, where's the craziest place you've ever had sex? And I just tuned out. I, I didn't I didn't hear the answers. He was talking about something public and all that. And I'm just like, oh, Clint. Jasmine tried to say that she wasn't vanilla, but there was nowhere that she could say that was an interesting place to have sex. And I was like, Jasmine, I think you contradicted yourself. <laughs> <laughs> By definition, if you have no exciting place to report, then you might be vanilla. <laughs> I thought she said she was. That one time Eris asked her and she was like, I'm conservative. Maybe I just interpreted it. But yeah. Um, so then we move on to Chris and Nicole and they're in bed. 
and like I said, they always try to placate each other. And Chris is like, you know, I'm thinking about what you said about me not putting everyone above myself. And I'm thinking of ways that I can help myself and work on that. And she goes, you know, you could do things, having the boys night, hanging out with your friends and just caring for yourself. And he's like, he always wants to include her in things. And she's like, that's great that I like that you want to include me in things but you have to do things for yourself that just because we're married doesn't mean we have to do everything together, that we should have our own different interests and you don't have to lose yourself, that it's important for him to have his own thing and they should have their outlets, which I think is good advice. It is. Um, yeah. So Gina and Clint have more mindless talk on their patio talking about they enjoy dinners and all listening to all the couples talk. And Clint is like, my batteries are charged. I feel refreshed. I'm ready to go. And then Clint lies to us again that they got closer and he's encouraged to make it work. Gina and Clint get a lot of scenes for people who are committed <laughs> to being nowhere. So Chris and Nicole are packing up in their room and Nicole brings up again the plan of after decision day. This conversation was like watching a tennis match and you're just looking side to side, looking left, looking right, looking left, looking right. She's like, I know we have talked about it, but I just want you to promise me that we can solidify a plan before decision day. Chris is like, that's always been the plan. And she's like, yes, but you've never actually like outright, I've never outright asked. You've never outright said, this is what we're doing. Chris is like, I mean, we're still figuring out our options, but that's what we're going to do. She's like, okay. So I'm just making sure that's what you're saying. I was like, oh my God, are we on the same page here? I, I, I don't think she's wrong. She just wants him to make a commitment, but Chris is still kicking the can down the road. I think. That's interesting. I thought this was a great married people conversation because they got on the same page. She said, this is what I want. He said, yes, I am headed in the same direction with you. I don't, I, rec- just- I, I, I don't recall him saying it that way. I just don't like that she had to drag it out. Remember they had that conversation. He said, we'll figure it out. Then she had to bring it up again. And she's like, we've never said that. He's like, yes, that is the plan. I think my little annoyance with Chris is like, we will figure it out. But what does we will figure it out entail? Because Nicole is saying, you've been saying that. But we'll figure it out means sitting down, making a list, making calls, not just saying we'll figure it out. Okay. (laughs) But I mean, you're right. She eventually got the commitment that we have to do it because all she wanted is we need to have a plan before decision day. And he said, yes, sure. So. They're in a real tough spot. I'm I'm actually kind of not surprised at how difficult it is to find a place that will let you have three pets. You have to find a real understanding private landlord. Most of these apartments match you to two. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's out there. And I'm like, but if it's out there, you have to make so many compromises on everything else with the housing. If you have this like very strict requirement, like, will you get the neighborhood you like or the layout you like or the the house that you like or the condo or the, if you have this like restriction, we got to have three pets. So you, I don't know the restrictions on pets for houses. I thought it was just apartments. You're a landlord. Or do you allow pets? No, I do not. <laughs> so houses, is there, since it's like a larger, is there like a maximum? Do, do, I do not. But that's the thing about private landlords. You can work with them. 
they can set their own rules. They're not like a corporation that's like, this is our rules. Okay. I only ask because I'm just thinking their only solution is to rent a house, not an apartment. That so, might be it. That might be it. So Which I'm I wondering- think renting a house is a great idea. Like, you have the space for the pets. You Hopefully you have the backyard. But, you know, cost money. It does, but if they're going to be double income and they have two dogs, I can't just imagine three dogs in an apartment. I don't care even if it's a three bedroom. And if it's a three bedroom, you might as well just rent a house. I, it'll be very cramped. And his dogs are not small. Honestly, when she was talking about it with Kirsten, I'm like, Kirsten, you're a realtor. <laughs> Go ah, find them a place to live. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Oh, Keisha should have asked that. Um, So then she turns things around and asks if they can go to breakfast in costume. And Chris is frozen and says, what is the point? She goes, the point is to be funny. And he's like, I don't get the point. (laughs) And she's like, will you do it? And then he says, okay, Aid, do you think he should have done it? I do. It's, it's like the putt-putt. It's not that big of a deal. Just put on the dinosaur costume and go. What are you losing by putting... She already bought the thing. She'll help you into it. What are you losing by putting it on? Aid, I'm going to call you out right here. I can yes. guarantee that if that were you and your husband asked you, let's wear this, you're like, I'm not doing that. I think I actually probably would. <gasps> if and- I bought the thing... What'd you say? Sorry, you, if you bought the thing and it's there available. What's the worst that can happen for putting it on? Oh, I think those dinosaur things look kind of fun too. Oh so. my god, I cannot wait for this. <laughs> I, I want this to happen to you, and I want <laughs> okay. you to tell me why. I can totally you. Well, okay, I just feel like you're not one to do what you wouldn't want to do, and then Chris didn't want to do it. That's my thing. But I couldn't understand his reason for not wanting to do it. Okay, I'll, I'll freely admit, like, I never wear a costume for Halloween. But that's because I'm not going to go out and try to find something. But if one is just presented to me and it fits, why not? Uh, okay. God, please. And, and that's the other thing. You were, it's literally the time that it takes to go downstairs, have a little laugh, and then take the thing off. Hmm. Now, the matching shirts, I can kind of see. I think he should have done that. Now, this, he just didn't want to do it. But he did it. <laughs> that's fine. And... The producers asked him, <laughs> was this an appeasement? He was like, 100% it was an appeasement. I did not want to do it. Um, I, I will say this, though. This man didn't want to wear matching shirts, but she's managed to get him into some matching. So how was she supposed to know that she couldn't, like the dinosaur apparently was too far? I didn't think I feel she- like even he needs to lay down the law and be like, look, Nicole, I you can't dress me. Or he needs to go along and be quiet. <laughs> In low stakes situations. I think he's allowed to have his line. I don't know if it's wrong or right. Like, it's not that deep to be wrong or right. But I just feel like if you don't want to do something, I think don't use up your passes. He didn't want to do the shirts. Wait, they didn't do it, right? The shirts. They didn't do it. They gave away the shirts. That's the one you should have used his lifeline on. Not the dinosaur, but he loves her now, so he's going to do it. But um, they go down to breakfast because Clint is making a spread for them once again. He's making pancakes and waffles. It's funny because Gina asked, can we do anything? I don't think she was expecting him to say yes. And he said, you can do the eggs. (laughs) 
the nice thing about Clint is that he could always put somebody to work. Remember when he told Eris to chop those uh, those yeah. peppers? Yep. I mean, he came down for a retreat too, not to cook. Um, but honestly, what if nobody can cook? Why don't they get them a chef? Oh, usually it's just like each couple takes a meal. They just got lucky this year that Clint was basically willing to do, it seems, more than his fair share. No, but honestly, what if they had a whole couples and none of them knew how to cook? <laughs> Look, <laughs> not everybody can cook. But if you're a group of 8 to 10 adults in their 20s and 30s and none of you could cook, what is the world coming to? I think that's pretty normal. <laughs> <laughs> So then Nicole and Chris come downstairs in there and then Nicole's like, rah, rah, I, 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 I had secondhand embarrassment. I, I'm sorry. I love them as a couple. This was not it for me. It felt flat. Well, the music also made it seem like oh. they had been real, like, they didn't play up the humor of it. And I guess no one really found it that funny. So that was a little bit unfortunate. Oh. Oh my god! I I felt so bad for Chris. The first thing he says is, "Not me. This is all work." But she was so committed. She's like raw, eating the bagels and all that. And he's like, he said in the confessional, he's like, "I'm not proud of it because I feel like an idiot." And that's why I think he shouldn't have like if it's that bad. Don't go out of your way to you know whatever. So next time you kind of know where your lines are. So oof. So they go out to breakfast and then they ask again, what do you need before decision day? Guys, I'm out of it. I can't. I don't know. I don't care what they need. <laughs> that, that's that's good luck to them. If they need to figure it out in the seven days that they have left. And that's how the episode ends. <laughs> so they extended the couple's trip by an evening, really. They managed to get in another dinner and another breakfast by making them stay one extra day. Do you think there was any value add to that? No, because we just had to hear them 3,000 times give advice and what they need. But I think they did that because Eris had to leave one day and Shaq had to leave the other day. So just some kind of way to kind of have everybody (laughs) in some capacity and before they all left. That's what I feel. That's why they extended it. Okay. All right, Aid, who has your bouquet this week? Kay is actually going to go to Kirsten because I think she has a point about the talking um, and an important point. And, and I think that it's good that she's vocalizing exactly what it is that she needs to Shaq because he's been very good at vocalizing what he needs from her. Mm-hmm. My bouquet actually goes to Shaq and Kirsten. It goes to them because they had genuine moments. Like, it's very hard to see two people who seem to care for each other but can't seem to get on the same page um, communication-wise. But they gave us some moments this episode that was genuine. I liked how they flirted at the, what's it called? The photo shoot? Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how they played together at the, when they were packing the suitcase. And I kind of like that, you know, she's going back early with him and he seemed very happy about it. And they're having the tough conversations. So, yeah, I like that. Who has your ashes? It actually goes to Shaq. (laughs) I feel like he is missing the point with this conversation thing. And I feel like it takes some real balls to tell your wife, well, I I just don't think that your assessment of how much we're having conversations is correct. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really appreciate him, like, complaining that Kirsten wants to talk to him too much. (sighs) This is the downfall of marriage. (laughs) 
I, I think a part of me is actually surprised. You guys have only known each other for eight weeks. You have a lot to talk about. You're still getting to know each other. And his dismissiveness of it, acting like she's a crazy person because she wants to do this, I wasn't a fan. But playing devil's advocate, is the talking more like it's not organic, but we're just asking interview questions? In which case, then you need to change the focus of the talking. But you are married people and you want to stay married. You need to learn how to talk to each other. Yeah, true that. Who has your burnt ashes? I didn't want to give it to Gina again for the second <laughs> week in a row. So all the mindless, redundant questions that we had to hear over and over again, they get my ashes. Okay, I almost gave my ashes to Gina. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it was the only reason I wanted to give my ashes to Gina was about that family business, whatever. Like, <clears throat> If I gave it to her, it would have just been the way that she talks about Clint. Don't appreciate it. Because remember our last after party? She was dogging on him too. And it's just like, okay, we get it. You don't like him as a person, but he could easily say things about you and he doesn't. So just keep that respect. You have one more week to go. I truly am shocked that she actually takes the time to shit talk him. Because they have been on such a beautiful ride of just being friends and being totally uninvested. And yeah, I'm very confused by her turn, but that's the choice she's chosen to make. I think part of what frustrates me is based on what we've seen at After Party, I don't know that Gina has has any regret or has learned stuff from this. And that's what I'm hoping to see in the reunion, if there's been any growth or if she has some kind of like self-awareness of how her words come off. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, guys, that's it for this week. You can find Tane um, on the rewatch with Nana. Uh, they will be doing season 6B very soon. Watch out. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. Um, yes. Tane. <laughs> and just like that, the trailer dropped. I'm excited. Was that show terrible? Yes. Did I love it? Yes. You know, I'm not surprised you like and just like that. I feel like and just like that is like the housewives you love. Boring. <laughs> like the Robin, <laughs> like the people everyone's like, huh? And then you just someone DM'd me and said, the women over 50 love it. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I just tortured nana the entire time because for those who listen she hates that show with all of her heart she hates that show so she's so mad that it exists in the world so i just meanwhile i'm like please please let them cover it please but i know that's very much up in the air um (laughs) i I think we are going to cover it i think her words were you just say you hate me but i think we are we're gonna make it happen (laughs) uh i'm excited okay um we're available anywhere you listen to podcasts thank you so much for your support for listening to our show don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes give us a five-star rating if you're so inclined on apple Podcasts and spotify and we'll be here next week hopefully for a better episode bye guys (laughs) hope springs eternal (laughs) (laughs) bye
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.